Alrighty there, you are listening to Lavender Hill here on KZUM Lincoln, KZUM HD 89.3 on the FM and online at kzum.org. Perhaps you're using one of those handy-dandy, smarter-than-a-calculator devices and listening to us on your favorite mobile listening app like TuneIn or Next Radio. Or you could be listening up to two weeks after original broadcast date thanks to the KZUM archives, which can be found online at kzum.org slash archives. However it is that you're listening, I'm glad that you're here and that you are ready to here, my commentary on some of the news of today. All righty. Well, not exactly news of today. We're going to go back to April 12th, Wednesday, uh, 2023. And uh, we're going to start out here in Lincoln, Nebraska. Uh, I don't know how many of you heard about this. Probably just about all my listeners, at least locally, heard about this. But uh, the Westboro Baptist Church from Kansas, decided to come for a visit to our state capitol again, and yeah, if you're familiar with the WBC, then you know that they're not very friendly people. Uh, So yeah, as Nebraska lawmakers continue to clash over transgender rights and the Let Them Grow Act, which would ban gender-affirming surgeries and other care for young people under age 19, this is according to KETV.com, that's Omaha's Channel 7, Um, the Kansas-based hate group known as the Westboro Baptist Church decided to make a visit. And yeah... Opponents of the bill blame the sponsor of the bill for attracting the WBC to Lincoln. Omaha Senator Kathleen Kauth said she did not invite them and doesn't want them here either. Uh, But high school students walked out of class last Tuesday protesting the the same bills. And the WBC, you know, they, they, they do what they do, which is, okay, they claim to be Christian. But they are confronting people with very unchristian behavior. Um, If you're familiar with them, then you know what I'm talking about. If you're not, just for those who might not be familiar with the Westboro Baptist Church, they have been protesting at funerals for people who have died of HIV AIDS, regardless of their sexual orientation or gender identity. They've been doing that since the 80s. They have protested drag story hour. They have protested pride parades. They uh, they were actually featured fictionally in an episode of Law and Order way back when because, uh, well, that's how much of an impact their hate has had on our community. <coughs> Pardon me. What is quite interesting to note, though, that almost every time the Westboro Baptist Church has been to Nebraska, and I can think of at least two times in recent years that they've been in Lincoln, once for Star City Pride and most recently for uh, their visit here on Wednesday, they have been outshouted by counter-protesters. When they were here for the first live and in-person Star City Parade a couple of years ago. The uh, lesbian biker group that was in the parade revved their engines as they went past that portion of the Capitol uh, grounds to drown them out. Uh, 
Yeah, that was great. Now, this most recent visit, they were on the north steps of the Capitol. Most people think that is the main entrance, and so, well, basically is. Uh, you know, that looks down into downtown Lincoln, looks across K Street and uh, down through uh, Centennial Mall. But right across the street from them, you know, there were eight or ten WBC protesters, but right across the street from them, over a hundred supporters of the LGBTQIA2S SOGI community were there. And they really drowned them out, which is great to see. I'll let you uh, check out that article through KETV.com or any of the other local coverage. I know the Lincoln Journal Star, the Omaha World Herald, even the Daily Nebraskan had some coverage for it. And uh, the links that I have, I will be sharing with you uh, over the course of the next several hours on our Facebook page for Lavender Hill. That being said, going to give you a little bit of an update. You may recall over the last couple of weeks that I was kind of, you know, nodding in approval to the uh, Republican governor up in North Dakota for his stance against transgender bans. Well, he has caved to the pressure of his party. The North Dakota governor recently signed into law the trans sports bans that had been passed by their state legislature. North Dakota Governor Doug Burgum, uh, as of at least April 12th, Wednesday again, 2023, uh, has signed two trans sports bans into law, HB 1249 and HB 1489. They collectively prohibit trans girls from participating in women's sports in kindergarten through college. Uh, Burgum vetoed similar legislation back in 2021, and the legislature did not have enough votes to override it. But this time, the legislature would have been able to override his veto had he decided not to sign the bills, at least according to LGBTQNation.com. Um, Burgum vetoed. Uh, uh, said in a statement that state lawmakers are, quote, resoundingly determined to ban trans girls from women's sports, even though, quote, there still has not been a single recorded incident of a transgender girl playing or entering the process to even ask to play on a North Dakota girls team, end quote. So this is kind of an end run, let's keep it from ever happening type thing, right? He did add in his statement that other states with anti-trans sports bans have not endured the economic consequences he was worried about the last time the bill came across his desk. Uh, he is quoted as saying, concerns raised last session about such policies jeopardizing the ability to host regional and national collegiate tournaments have not materialized in the roughly 20 states that have passed similar legislation, end quote. State Senator Ryan uh, Brownberger, a Democrat of North Dakota, told the AP that trans people in his state no longer feel safe there. He's quoted as saying, I have talked to several of my family members that don't want to leave North Dakota because it is their state and it is their home, but they're feeling like they have to now. They don't feel like it's safe for them. Uh, as Bergen pointed out, so far 20 other states have enacted transports bans, though temporary injunctions are currently blocking them in Idaho, West Virginia, Indiana, and Utah. And in the first months of uh, 2023, over 20 anti-trans bills have become law across the country as Republican 
state lawmakers and some federal level Republicans work round the clock to target gender affirming care, bathroom usage, drag shows, and the rights of trans students in schools. I want to continue to point out with some of these uh, transgender bans that they are really focusing on the medical side of things and forgetting the psychological side of things when you are not providing appropriate mental health care for a person who needs it for whatever reason, then you're not providing appropriate medical care, period. Of course, that's my opinion. And we'll leave it at that for right now. I will probably, uh, you know, jump a little bit harder on that in a little bit. But uh, we're going to go right back into some music here for you. Because, uh, yeah, there's a lot to cover, but I really don't want to dwell too long on the negative. So let's see here. We're going to hear from Indiana Queen with um, You Are Not Alone. And then we'll be back with more news and commentary here on Lavender Hill. Little Indiana Queen there with You Are Not Alone. And no, you are not alone. All righty. Well, unfortunately, uh, the uh, uh, hypocritical bigots of the GOP don't seem to be alone either. We're going to go down to the not-so-great state of Texas. Yeah. And uh, this is from uh, Daniel Villarreal posting on uh, LGBTQNation.com, Tuesday, April 11th, 2023. Texas State Representative Brian Slayton, a Republican, uh, who is a legislature who wants to, quote, protect Texas kids from perverted LGBTQ plus adults who want to sexualize them, focusing on drag show bans. Uh, he himself has been accused of an inappropriate relationship that allegedly involved giving alcohol to an underage intern in his Austin condominium. An internal complaint reported to the Texas legislature's House General Investigating Committee alleges that Slayton contacted an unnamed intern about 10 p.m. on Friday, March 31st to invite her to his condo. He allegedly drank alcohol with the intern, according to the Texas Tribune and a source of theirs. In Texas, providing alcohol to a minor is a misdemeanor, punishable by a $4,000 maximum fine and up to a year in jail. After the meetup, Slayton allegedly showed the intern fake emails which purported to know details of their late-night meeting. These, meeting. these emails pardon me, were a sort of loyalty test, the complaint said, and Slayton allegedly told the intern not to discuss what happened with anyone. In an official statement, Slayton's attorney Patrick Short wrote, we are aware of outrageous claims circulating online by second-tier media that make false claims against Representative Slayton. As a result, he has been advised to forward all inquiries in this matter, including any that may relate to a possible complaint, to his legal counsel, end quote. Texas House Speaker Dade Phelan, also a Republican, said of the complaint, quote, The Texas House does not tolerate misconduct or other inappropriate behaviors and takes all allegations related to these issues seriously. <coughs> Pardon me. Uh, he said he expects, quote, the matter to be addressed in a swift and thorough manner, end quote, following all the legislative chamber's rules and conduct standards. Excuse me again. <coughs> oh, 
gotta love this time of year, right? Uh, Slayton was reportedly absent from the chamber last Thursday during an important debate on the state budget, a budget to which he had added 27 amendments, the Tribune reported. Two of his fellow Republicans, State Representative Briscoe Kane and Steve Toth, uh, have called on him to resign. Uh, I am absolutely furious at a Republican whom I believe to be a sexual predator, Kane wrote on his Twitter. I've never been so ticked off at another legislature. He told the aforementioned publication that his tweet was about Slayton. Hmm. Now, there are several tweets in this article as well as some embedded links that uh, if you check out that article over on LGBTQNation.com, I would encourage you to check out. But he's not the only mm, hypocritical GOP lawmaker that hit the news, at least that hit LGBTQNation.com. Alex Bollinger writing on Thursday, April 13th, 2023. Uh, headline reads, GOP lawmaker says 12-year-olds are too young to be trans, but old enough to marry. Think about that one for a moment. And this is in Texas. During a Missouri House of Representatives debate on Tuesday, an anti-trans state lawmaker proudly supported 12-year-olds getting married while supporting a bill banning trans youth from accessing gender-affirming care up to age 18 and forcibly detransitioning those trans youth. He even said that he knew a kid who got married at age 12 and happily informed his colleagues that she is still with her husband. Well, of course. She's been gaslighted and brainwashed. Uh, effectively, Missouri State Senator Mike Moon, who is a Republican, was arguing that a 12-year-old is too young to know what their gender is, but not too young to enter into a marriage contract in a sexual relationship, even if it's with an adult. During the debate, State Representative Peter Meredith, a Democrat, asked State Senator Moon about his support for HB 419, the ban on gender-affirming care for trans minors, while he voted against a bill to raise the state's minimum marriage age to 16 back in 2018. Meredith is quoted as saying, I've heard you talk about parents' rights to raise their kids how they want. In fact, I just double-checked. You voted no on making it illegal for kids to be married to adults at the age of 12. If their parents consented to it, you said, actually, that should be the law because it's the parents' right and the kids' right to decide what's best for them to be raped by an adult. Moon replied and asked Meredith if he, if he knew anyone who got married at age 12. I don't need to, Meredith responded. And of course, Moon said, I do. And guess what? They're still married. Uh, the 2018 bill to raise the marriage age to 16, which still allowed for some but fewer child marriages, ultimately passed without Moon's support. While conservatives have spent decades arguing that same-sex marriage will lead to child marriage as an attempt to associate LGBTQ plus people with child predators, it's generally the more conservative lawmakers who oppose ending child marriage. Child welfare advocates say that such laws help cover up and even legalize child sex abuse. For example, a 55-year-old man could get married to a 13-year-old girl and legally abuse her in a way that would be illegal if they didn't get married. 
If this sounds far-fetched, and this is coming from the article, it's not. In fact, child marriages are legal in 44 U.S. states, and 20 states don't require any minimum age for marriage with a parental or judicial waiver. Uh, According to Equality Now, approximately 248,000 children were married in the U.S. between 2000 and 2010. The vast majority were girls, wed to adult men, many much older. The fact that Missouri Senator uh, Mike Moon said that 12-year-olds can be married off to adults just sickens me, says Jess Piper, executive director of Blue Missouri. My daughter is nearly 11 and still plays with Barbies and her baby dolls. In another tweet, she noted that over 7,000 teens under the age of 18 got married in her state from 2000 to 2014, and the vast majority were girls. One-third of the marriages involved men between the ages of 20 and 60. Doesn't give a statistic on how many of them were over the age of 40. Uh, On Twitter, Moon further discussed the 12-year-old he knew and said that they impregnated a minor of similar age and that they got married with their parents' consent. Her parents consented. No force, he said. Even though parents' consent for gender-affirming care for trans youth wouldn't matter if HB 419 is passed, their marriage is thriving, he noted. And, well, you've already heard my opinion on that part of things. The Missouri House of Representatives, which has a Republican supermajority, voted in favor of HB 419 on Tuesday night, giving it a first round of approval and a 106 to 45 vote. All state House uh, Republicans, except for two, voted in favor of it, and all state House Democrats voted against it. Very clear who stands on what side of things there. The bill, 419, bans transgender minors from accessing gender-affirming treatments, including hormones and puberty blockers. Major medical groups, including the American Medical Association and the American Academy of Pediatrics, approve of these treatments for trans youth, while Republican-style lawmakers mostly disapprove. Republicans rejected an amendment to allow trans youth who are currently getting gender-affirming care to continue it, instead giving them six months to stop in detransition, or forcing their families to move to a state that doesn't have such a ban. Um, Representative Brad Hudson, a Republican and sponsor of the bill, is quoted as saying, that's a reasonable off-ramp for children that are on some of these drugs. We want to get them off of those as quickly as possible. They also passed a bill that banned trans youth from participating in school sports. The bill, which applies to public and charter schools, grades 6 through 12, requires student-athletes to play with the teams associated with their sex assigned at birth. Both bills need another round of votes before going to the Missouri Senate. Oof. Yeah, I think you kind of know where I'm going with some of these things today, and I'm trying not to be too too down, if you will, on Republicans, because, like I've said before, not every Republican is a bigot. Many Republicans are a little bit closer to older school Republicans, if you will, that are fiscally conservative, socially moderate. But there are so many Republicans out there that have been gaining some kind of sway with their local state and even in the federal government who are closer to 
oh, I don't know what's a good way to put this, um, closer to the social standards of the 1950s, perhaps even worse. Not going to go so far as some people have, at least not on the radio, but uh, yeah. How about we go ahead and take our bottom of the hour break? When we come back, we're going to talk about uh, one of the activists for the quote-unquote straight pride movement. Yeah. Little Blues piece there by Heather Bishop. That's off of her old, new, borrowed blue. That was Tell Me More and More. All righty. Well, I do have more music lined up for you here for a little while in the show. But first, before we get to that, we're going to talk about that straight pride activist that hit the headlines on Wednesday, April 12, 2023. Alex Bollinger again writing for LGBTQNation.com. Mark Sahadi, or Sadie however you want to say that, it's S-A-H-A-D-Y, made a name for himself as an anti-LGBTQ plus activist in 2019 when he was one of the lead organizers of the Straight Pride Parade in Boston. But he might not be able to organize another one, at least not for a while. Uh, He has been indicted in connection to the January 6, 2021 insurrection at the U.S. Capitol and is facing a charge of obstruction of an official proceeding a felony that carries a maximum sentence of 20 years, in addition to several other charges. Uh, He is vice president of the right-wing organization Super Happy Fun America, uh, which organized the straight pride in Boston and whose motto is, quote, it's great to be straight. Uh, He uh, ties to... There we go. He also has ties to white supremacist organizations. The, the, uh, I cannot talk today. I don't know what is wrong. I apologize. The Department of Justice says that uh, Sahadi started tweeting statements about how he believed that President Joe Biden stole the 2020 presidential election shortly after that election. And in January 2021, Super Happy Fun America's account tweeted, Bus 1 of 11, coming to Washington, D.C. See you there. Along with a picture of a group of people that included Sahadi. The buses, according to the DOJ, brought 300 people to D.C. for the Capitol insurrection. Shortly after that event, Sahadi was arrested and charged with two misdemeanors, entering or remaining in a restricted building or grounds without lawful authority, as well as disorderly and disruptive conduct in a restricted building or grounds. The indictment filed last week adds a felony charge. The charge of remaining in a restricted building carries a maximum sentence of one year in prison, and the disorderly conduct charge carries up to six months in prison. Super Happy Fun America's website says that it's, quote, a civil rights organization focusing on defending the Constitution, opposing gender madness, that's their wording, and defeating cultural Marxism. Cultural Marxism is the anti-Semitic conspiracy theory that claims that academics are trying to undermine Western culture. All righty, so that's another uh, January 6th insurrectionist getting uh, some of his just desserts. Uh, You know, we were talking about GOP lawmakers before the break. Yeah, I've got more about another GOP lawmaker. 
Uh, Daniel Villarreal writing again for LGBTQNation.com on Thursday, April 13th, 2023, this time in Florida. Uh, sorry to my Florida listener down there. I know that you support the community, but you, yeah, you just happen to live in the wrong state. One of the many wrong states. Not entirely sure Nebraska is a right state right now. Well, okay, it is right, as in religious right. Okay, so Florida State Representative Randy Fine, who is, of course, a Republican, said that he's fine <laughs> with, quote-unquote, erasing the entire LGBTQ plus community. He said this while defending his proposed drag ban for minors in a Wednesday legislative hearing. His comments echo those of right-wing broadcaster Michael Knowles, who recently called for, quote, eliminating transgenderism. His comments also follow State Representative Webster Barnaby, another Republican, recently calling trans people imps, demons, and mutants. Okay. Uh, so let's see here. Where, where, what do we got? What do we got? What do we got? Uh, Fine said at the Wednesday hearing, the question is not, why do I want to run this bill? The question is, why are there people in this world so determined to push this on children? Because if you weren't doing that, this bill wouldn't exist. Fine's bill, HB 1423, would ban minors from seeing any quote-unquote adult live drag show that quote-unquote appeals to a prurient, shameful, or morbid interest. He has previously said that child-accessible drag events are quote, gateway propaganda to quote, trick children into identifying as trans and getting quote, mutilated, even though genital surgeries aren't performed on trans youth under 18. Opponents say his ban targets the LGBTQ plus community. In response to this accusation, Fine said during the hearing that not all gay and lesbian people want to, quote, target children by exposing them to drag. Uh, he is quoted as saying, I find it stunning that in order to justify that community, you have to stand up and demand that children be exposed to this. Some LGBTQ plus people are the ones that are saying this definition of drag applies to them. Well, if it means erasing a community because you have to target children, then damn right we ought to do it, he says. Uh, Fines Bill says that letting kids see drag, quote, constitutes an immediate serious danger to the public health, safety, or welfare, end quote. His bill would allow Florida government officials to revoke the operating license of, an, of any lodging or food service business that admits a child to a, quote, adult live performance. An adult live performance is defined as any act, quote, depicting or simulating nudity, sexual conduct, sexual excitement, and lewd conduct, or the lewd exposure of prosthetic or imitation genitals or breasts in a way that, quote, predominantly appeals to a prurient, shameful, or morbid interest is, quote, patently offensive to, pre to prevailing standards in the adult community of what's child appropriate or is, quote, without serious literary, artistic, political, or scientific value to the child, end quote. Having a children's book read to you is of significant literary and artistic value to a child. That's my comment there. Okay, the terms in his bill are vague and subjective. He also said his bill would not forbid children from going to Hooters as so-called restaurant. 
uh, where scantily clad women serve food and alcohol. Florida's Voice reported that businesses that allow kids to see drag could be fined 5000 and 10000 for their first and subsequent offenses, respectively. A person who admits a minor into such a performance could also be charged with a third-degree felony. Bynes' bill would codify State Governor Ron DeSantis's attacks on venues that host all-ages drag events. In February, the Florida Department of Business and Professional Regulation filed a complaint against the Orlando Philharmonic Plaza Foundation, Inc., and threatened to revoke its license after alleging that the Drag Queen Christmas show that it hosted on December 28, 2022, included sexually explicit songs and dances. The accusation was notable considering that DeSantis's own undercover agents who attended the performance reported no lewd acts. A month ago, Fine wrote via his Facebook, The battle for our children begins today. I have just filed HB 1421, which bans the mutilation of children in the name of radical transgender theory. Bans Florida citizens from having to pay for these procedures for other non-minors and gives those tricked into this fraud 30 years to sue those who did it to them. I have also filed HB 1423, which will protect our children by ending the gateway propaganda to this evil drag queen story time. I will relish the battle ahead. Ooh, wow. This past Wednesday, Fine said again on his Facebook that the bill would, uh, would ban the city of Melbourne from welcoming drag queen adult entertainers from grooming our children at its annual Space Coast Pride Festival and Parade in September. At the Wednesday hearing, State Representative Kristen Arrington, a Democrat, spoke against Fine's drag ban, stating, quote, There's no need for this bill, except for it being an attack on a specific community that we keep attacking again and again. State Representative Angie Nixon, also a Democrat, said, This is a disgusting bill, and it's designed to target parents like me. The LGBT community is here to stay, and you all need to deal with it. DeSantis, who is widely expected to run in the Republican presidential primary, has made anti-LGBTQ plus legislature a cornerstone of his administration. As we all know, Rhonda DeSantis is definitely making a name for himself. I'll let you read more if you want to over on our Facebook page or over on LGBTQNation.com. But you're probably wondering, do I have any good news to end the day with? End the show with? Well, maybe a little bit here, maybe a little bit there. We'll just see where we go. But let's have a little bit of music for you. Going to have a double header from Queen. If you've been listening for a long time, either to Lavender Hill or, you know, radio in general, you probably can guess what the doubleheader is from Queen. So here we go with We Will Rock You. All right. I just had to have some more uplifting stuff going on, even if it was just musically. All righty. So uh, Lauren Boebert, of course, is continuing to uh, make a fool of herself. At least that's my opinion shared by many people, I, I would presume. Uh, another article from LGBTQNation.com. Yes, that's my main source this week, just the way it happened. Uh, this is from yesterday, Saturday, April 15th, 2023. The headline reads, Lauren Boebert says affirming trans people's identities will lead, get this, to school shootings. 
of course, she's making a comment there uh, in relation to the tragedy there in Tennessee. The gun-obsessed Representative Lauren Boebert, a Republican from Colorado, believes that being transgender and learning about societal oppression will radicalize students and make them mentally ill, causing more school shootings. So being aware of yourself, being aware of what is going on in the world is going to turn you into a insane gun-toting idiot? Oh, I'm sorry. I think that might have just described Bobert herself. Uh, not that she's aware of herself or aware of what's going on in the world, but, you know, a little bit mental ill, perhaps, and definitely a gun-toting bigot there. Uh, hmm. Okay, her views echo right-wing justifications for bans on LGBTQ+, and radical justice curriculum in schools. Her views also avoid blaming guns for recent mass shootings, blaming queer people and progressive politics instead. In her March 30th interview with gay conservative podcaster Dave Rubin, that's almost a uh, oxymoron there, I think, uh, Bobert said, quote, I believe that the left is radicalizing shooters. You know, when you're telling someone you're not good enough, you are oppressed, you are the lesser person, you are the lesser class, well, then that's going to get inside of them and cause depression and more mental health crises. She's almost right there. But it's not the liberal side of things that is radicalizing people. It's the conservative, the ultra-religious Reich that is radicalizing people. Yes, I'm definitely getting up a little high on my soapbox here. So before I teeter-totter right off of that, let me just kind of uh, conclude a little bit here with, you know, I don't have a problem with people owning guns. I don't. I don't own one myself. I know how to shoot. But I don't own a gun. I don't want to own a gun. I have nothing against you owning a gun. I have nothing against you wanting to have a gun to protect yourself, your family, your home. I have a problem with the proliferation of semi-automatic and fully automatic assault rifles that are out there that are so easily obtainable in almost every state that don't have enough regulations to make sure that people who have a criminal history, a background of mental illness that uh, indicates that they are a danger to themselves or others, that too many people who shouldn't have guns have guns. That's where I have my problem. Okay? All right. We'll just leave the insanity of Bobert alone for right now. And um, I might have just just a tiny, tiny, tiny little bit of time to say something that might be uh, construed as some positive news here in things up. Uh, two court victories for adult transgender health care are facing challenges. Well, okay, this isn't going to bring things into a more positive light. In West Virginia and North Carolina, district courts in both states ruled that the exclusion of gender-affirming care from state insurance policies or plans is discriminatory. Now state lawmakers are contesting those rulings in the 4th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals, according to Reuters. What does this mean? This means that trans health care may be moving towards the Supremes. We all know what the Supremes are most likely going to rule if it comes to them, but it is bringing it 
further and further towards being established on a federal level. That is kind of a good thing. We just have to hope and pray that we don't run into any issues when that is going down. But anywho, I'm going to play one of Deb's favorite Summer Osborne songs to get things ready to hand over to her on the women's show. Uh, she's going to be interviewing. Let's see if I can pull this up without having to ask her who she's going to be interviewing. She is going to be interviewing Stephanie Ann Johnson about their new album and release, Jewels. And she uh, is uh, going to be, after the interview, uh, sharing a pre-record, it looks like, of Twyla Twang's uh, selections instead of doing uh, chick chat. So it's just, you know, the monthly is going to be a little behind, I guess. <laughs> Anywho, let's go ahead and send out with that uh, Summer Osborne. This is a cover, True Colors.